ashes, fades assurance brightly flashes, baptism a strength divine to make life immortal mine. The text for the sermon today is taken from Luke chapter 2, and you can actually read it within your service. It says, Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You're going to hear those words again in a little towards the end of the service. But they're also, they are words that if you've grown up on the red and blue, red or blue hymnal, they're very familiar. They sound a little bit different. Usually goes, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace. I'm not going any farther than that. But we've heard those words for much of our lives. The context of when this is written in the scriptures is actually supposed to, tomorrow is technically the first Sunday after Christmas. Actually the first Sunday in Christmas, because in case you don't know, Christmas still has a few days left on it. But it is, it's also the circumcision and the naming of Jesus. But the, the gospel lesson for the first Sunday of, of Christmas is this lesson. And what it is is the story of Simeon, a man who was probably in his 90s, who had been given the promise that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. So you can imagine 90 years waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering when is this going to happen. Until one day, the young, the 15-year-old girl Mary, with her husband Joseph, came to Jerusalem, to the temple, with their baby, who was Jesus. And when he saw that child, he said, Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. So in other words, he had literally seen the fulfillment of God's promise. 
Not just the promise to him, the promise to all people. The promise made to Adam and Eve when they fell into sin and they led us into the world and what began made the world as it is today. Where, if anybody's like me, if you want to talk to our funeral home direct, our funeral directors, it's a very, very tiring year. It's because of that sin that was entered into the world by them, by Adam and Eve. But when they were there, God gave the promise that the offspring of Eve would crush the serpent's head. And here, before Simeon was that very offspring, that very child. And so he says, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. In other words, he knew that he could die that very moment and he would enter in to peace. In the divine service, in our liturgy, it's a, it's a part of the liturgy that I guarantee, because that hymnal goes back to the 40s, that Mickey had, part, had said, sang a few times. And I'm sure many of you, how many of you could actually sing that by heart? Lord, Lord now let us thou thy servant depart in peace. I'm sure I have a feeling of you could, some of you could. Because that's that hymnal, that page 15. That's always saying right after the Lord's Supper. Because in the bread, in the wine, is the very body and blood of the same child, of the same person, who is brought to Simeon. Jesus himself is in that bread, in that wine, given to you for the forgiveness of your sins. And it's for that reason that we are able to say, and actually, I don't know if you ever pay attention, but when that song is sung, not every pastor is just try, does this on timely, but I, I try to do it this way, is that when, you know, when we have the communion wares up there, I might cover the bread and the wine, but I wait on the cloth for when this is sang. And the, na- the, the proper name of that cloth is a pall. And I put that pall over the communion wares, which is what's on there, is also a pall. Symbolizing that those who had partaken of the Lord's Supper that day, we could go and die and we'd be okay. Because we've received Jesus himself. We have received salvation. This last Wednesday, Monday, my days are getting mixed up. Monday, when I came to Avera McKinnon Hospital, we went through that, the liturgy that is known as the commendation of the dying. You could, fast the, you could fast your sins on behalf of Mickey. Much as he did many years ago for his children, confessed the faith on behalf of you when you were baptized. You took, that, you took that role for him, confessing the sins. And he received absolution. And he heard the scriptures, heard of what our Lord has done. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He gave his Son, and how he gave his Son was by letting him be crucified, to let him be betrayed. See, our God does not, is not a God who does not understand our sufferings. He knows what suffering is. He knows what sorrow is. He knows what it's like to have one die that it seems unfair. In the case of Jesus, it really was unfair. Because he died for our sin. He did not die because of anything he did. He died for us. Every sin that we have ever committed, every sin that Mickey ever committed in his life, every sin that I've ever committed in my life, every sin that any person in the history of the world has ever committed was laid on Jesus. And he was declared the guilty one. So you are not guilty of your sins. Jesus is guilty of your sins. That's what happened on the cross. He took all of it. And he died. And he said those words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which means he was literally damned. God turned his back on Jesus. Because he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. When Mickey was baptized, he was united to Jesus in that death. He was united to him in that crucifixion. And when he was and when he, those waters were poured, the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In case you didn't notice, how did we start the service? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You made the sign of the cross. Some of you might have. In remembrance of your baptism. Remembering that you too were united to Jesus' death when you were baptized. But see, just as Jesus, the death of Jesus did not hold him down. In fact, Jesus rose physically, bodily. He had flesh and bone and blood. He was alive. It says in the scriptures that the disciples actually grasped at him. They're clinging to him. Just as he rose that way, in, our waters, in the waters of baptism, we are guaranteed we are raised to a new life. And more than that, we are guaranteed that the day will come that we too will rise from death. And so that's why after you heard the readings of the crucifixion, you heard about the resurrection. That Jesus, when he rose from the dead, gave the promise, sealed the guarantee that Mickey will rise. And then you heard the readings from Revelation 7. Today you heard some readings from Isaiah chapter 25 that kind of has a similar theme. 
And I thought, I love this one. It's so appropriate because when I got to the hospital, you know those, you know those little sponges that they put ice cubes and stuff like on? They're, they're, uh, they're giving Mickey beer. So it was Bud Light, right? And so he got a little bit of beer in his last hours of life. But this is what the text says. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. So after hearing the scriptures, after hearing the words of absolution, after hearing the prayers of the litany, the promise with the words of forgiveness, you heard those words of the Nuke Dimittis, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. Salvation. He, he did not receive the Lord's Supper that day. But God, Jesus is present in his word. He is present in those who believe in him. Even though he may not have been, he was not able to speak, we know it is said, I've heard it said many times that the last thing to go was their hearing. So he heard everything. He heard of salvation. And so that when he so when we heard those words were said, we were saying the fact that he has seen the salvation of God, and therefore Mickey, the servant of God, we are servants of God every step of our lives, can depart in peace. Which he did later that evening. And what did that mean? It meant that he went to a house where there are many rooms, as Jesus said in John chapter 14, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but this is one thing that King James translates this better. And at the ESV, it says, in my father's house are many rooms. In the King James, it says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. We think house, we're thinking like little itty-bitty house. We're talking about house, like a, a house... If anybody's ever seen like old, old like um, medieval movies, they talk about like the house of um, the house house of Johnson or whatever. I don't know if there's that's pro- doesn't sound very medieval name, but you get the idea. The house of a family. So in my father's house, so in the house of God, so being in the family of God, you're not just getting a hotel. You're getting a mansion. And in the mansion, it says that there is a feast of rich food, of well-aged wine. And they say well-aged wine because that was what they drank it for in Israel. If that was being written to, first, to the 21st century United States, it might say champagne. Very appropriate giving its New Year's Eve might say, a good-tasting beer. I think Luther even had a quote that if there wasn't beer in heaven, I wouldn't much want to go there. So Luther believed that it was there. That 
is what he was greeted to when he breathed his last breath on this earth. He was greeted to a mountain where the Lord of hosts and a multitude of people beyond count, beyond number, beyond our imagination. He saw people arrayed in white. You've heard that hymn, Behold the host arrayed in white with thousands snow-clad mountains bright. Or is the last hymn for all the saints who from their labors rest. Both of those companies that we sing of, Mickey became a member of those people the minute he breathed his last breath on this earth. He entered into the company of heaven where he does not hunger, he does not thirst, he does not get tired. He is in the presence of those who he is that he has lost, that have died, those loved ones. And he is there awaiting the day when we will all rise bodily from the dead. Yes, that body will rise. Remember Jesus' resurrection? There is no body in the tomb because the body had risen. And it will be the same for all who have faith in Christ. Their bodies will rise. But until that day, one of the temptations we have, especially in this period of our, this year, with, I know that Mickey's is not the only death that many of us are grieving in our communities. And... I know there was another one this morning I heard of, not of our members, but somebody I know of. And we want, the temptation is, as these things happen, for us to withdraw from God. As if God promised us that we would never die if we believed in him. When in reality, the reason we come to church is to prepare to die. That's why we end with those words, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. We are readying ourselves for the reality that every single one of us will face. Death. It's a 100% epidemic. Oh, I take it back. Minus two, there's two people in the Bible that didn't die. But two out of, I don't know how many billion people, I would not hold my breath, I'd be one of those people. That's why we come here. That's why we receive the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper, which you have the bread and wine, which is the body and blood of Jesus. You are united to your father, to your grandfather. Because he is amongst the communion of saints. And every time you partake of the Lord's Supper, you will be united to him. But you, for you have come to Mount Zion, to the innumerable and fitful gathering, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. This is in Hebrews 12. We say it in the liturgy. Have you ever heard this? 
Therefore, the angels and archangels, all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Whenever you hear those words, we are talking about Mickey and everyone else that ever died in the faith. God has given us this place to come and be prepared to die, but also to be united to those who have died in the faith and to ready ourselves for the day that is coming that all of us will rise together. Because the one thing the devil loves is when we draw, withdraw ourselves from him, from God. Because when we withdraw ourselves, we are easy pickings. When we're with Christ, when we're in his word, we are made stronger and mightier. And there's no, we know it, this world is going a little bit different. And that is why we're in Christ. Mickey is in eternity, awaiting the bodily resurrection. Until that day comes, may we readily, regularly be spending time with our Lord that we may all join in that resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Now, quick note, did we get those? Did we get the, the music sheets? All right. So, um, can actually somebody get me one of those music sheets? <laughs> Thank you. We continue with the singing of the old rugged cross. 